Okay, so hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, to this episode, I'm going to be talking about you know professional writing and professionalism in the workplace when it comes to like writing. Your host is you know someone who enjoys writing and has been a writing consultant for a long time. So I was like, you know, why not do an episode about writing that would kind of help you guys the audience remember this podcast is about self-improvement and development so in any way shape or form with any topic i try my best to bring in any topic that i feel you can gain one or two things from but yeah uh, that brings me to you know introducing my guests um i have two wonderful ladies with me who are also you know really 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 wonderful writers um they have a very very good writing background and also understand also things about professional writing okay what is going on let me pause this thing okay all right so um to go into it uh do you guys want to introduce yourself i have two people here and also remember it's um women's history month because we're in march so i'd like us to like can I just say happy women's history month together? Um, but yeah, Oni, you could go first since you're here. Okay. Hi guys, my name is Oninye Uwolo, and I'm a writing consultant. I've been a writing consultant for about four years now, four and a half years mm-hmm. in counting. And yeah, I've worked with college students, I've worked with um people who are writing cover letters, I've worked with people who are writing statements of purpose, people mm-hmm. who are writing resumes. Mm-hmm. um scholarship application essays etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah. yeah so excited to be here thank you so you guys met only all right let's go to my next guest hey all my name is aria fail Yeloa. i am actually a network engineer um okay. writing has been a passion of mine all the way from college and um I remember throughout college, I would help my friends edit papers, proofread before they submitted. And so kind of on the side now, I'm doing the same thing for students, helping them get better grades in their writing assignments by proofreading, providing constructive feedback, and then also helping um, college students with their application essays and grad students with PhDs, um, with their dissertations and theses. So I provide a lot of, structural editing copy editing sometimes and then also constructive feedback that helps um, a lot of students improve their writing over time yeah yeah um technically like even with Oni, it's kind of like what uh, we both kind of have the same background like it's the same we're all like kind of pushing it about writing because mm-hmm. we only like you're, you're a psychologist right mm-hmm. <laughs> so so um yeah it's just like something that we all the same thing, like help college students with, you know, all the skills I've mentioned, which we're also going to, you know, kind of talk about and um, touch base on those things. Um, but yeah, so again, yeah, I did say we're going to talk about Happy Women's History Month. So let's real quick just like wish everyone Happy Women's History Month together. Okay, so in one, three, two, one. Happy, Happy Women's, Women's History Month. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you guys. So please start celebrate the women in your life uh, it's very important um but yeah so let me go to let's let's start i'm gonna um start asking the questions real quick but the first one i have is uh about myths and misconceptions about professional writing i do know that um in the workspace like even like where i work i've had you know my supervisor and some people talk about you know 
some things about writing that people didn't know or thought that, oh, we, you know, we don't need professional writing in engineering. We don't need professional writing in uh, healthcare. We don't need professional writing in arts. So, um, but yeah, what, what are some myths and misconceptions that you guys have probably heard um, about professional writing? I know I've mentioned some just now, but mm-hmm. if you guys know any. I mean, I guess I can start. I feel like one misconception that I hear a lot is that a lot of people think that writing professionally is something that you either have or you don't have. Like mm. people, people think of it as like a, a pure talent as opposed to like something that you work on continuously to improve on. Like, mm. so I think a lot of people, they believe that, Oh, I'm just a bad writer. continue. <laughs> So yeah, I find that a lot of people tend to think that professional writing is something that you are either like born with and you either have it or you don't. Mm. But writing like any other skill is something that you have to practice, something you have to continuously work on in order to improve and get better. And then like you mentioned earlier, people thinking that, oh, I don't need to know how to write in this field or in that field. I feel like everyone engages with writing in some way, shape or form. Of course, there are some fields that do it more often and some fields that do it less often. Mm. But essentially, the skill the skill set is one that's transferable to a lot of fields. And I think that knowing how to write professionally is essential in mm. self-improvement. Yeah. So, yeah. How about you, Um, Funny, I actually had both of those in mind. But uh, <laughs> one thing that I've heard a lot is that writing ends in college. A lot of people think once mm. I'm done with school, once I graduate from school, whether it's getting my PhD or even my bachelor's degree, then I don't need to worry about writing anymore. And that is not true at all. Um, as an engineer, I did not expect that I'll be doing the amount of writing that I am. Um, a lot of engineers think that writing is documentation in your lines of code, but I write design documents, I write test documents and implementation plans and summaries of those test documents and implementations plans. And recently I wrote a 24 page document for work talking about my work and like that will be reviewed by senior engineers. So even for people in engineering, which is I think a lot of software engineers or coders think, you know, oh, I just need to work on my computer. I don't need to worry about it when I'm out of school. Not true at all. There's a lot of writing that exists in the corporate world. Um, and that's similar to, to what Onye said about, you know, regardless of whatever field you're in. Um, so one thing that I'm really seeing, and especially as I grow in my career, it's like, it seems like the more I grow in my career, the more writing there is to do because you start to talk to leadership, you start to have presentations, you start to train other people. All of that is documentation, 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 and more and more writing. Um, So I I would encourage a lot of students to recognize that, yes, it's great to be excellent at writing in school, but it doesn't stop there. In fact, it's a life skill that really taking time to master it in school prepares one for the real world. Yeah, yeah, those are good points that you two just like touched on. Uh, To clear up, you know, these myths and misconceptions that, you know, you don't need writing. Um, we, We all saw the importance in college. We did some type of writing and comprehension and reading in like, you know, high school, but going to college, being that independent with all your coursework, like just show you how important it is that you need 
um, writing. That's why, like, with writing consultancy, like, it's not like, oh, I know some people have asked me that, oh, uh, it, does it have to be, like, just English one-on-one class or not? No. No. no, you come with anything. That's why, you know, we help people that are also in, like, the doctorate program. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Okay, so the next one is what kind of writers are there and, like, what kind of a writer can one be? I don't know if that question is clear, but, like, we do have different type of writers. Um, like we can say we have people who are actual writers for like that's authors. Those that's that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have people who write uh, to help a company transcribe something, like you know, do transcription right mm-hmm. type of writing. We have people who. So what 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 are, what are kind of writers that are there that you guys could? top of your head can you remember like kind of remember <laughs> that you know of and um yeah mm. that's a good question i think it depends on like two main things who is the writer's audience mm-hmm. and what message is the writer trying to pass across because like you said you know academic writing like you know writing when you've done research and you're trying to convey your findings is completely different from let's say um i think they're called like i can't remember the name off the top of my head but for example like in the medical field there are writers whose job is to like simplify concepts that have been made, you know, breakthroughs in medicine for mm-hmm. like news releases or press releases. Mm-hmm. So that it's they're they're less focused on like the the research behind what was done and more on how can I make this understandable to like the the general public. Mm-hmm. And then like you mentioned, there's like artistic writing, you know, you're a poet or you're an author. And then there's like writing for, you know just as a hobby, like journaling or, you know, um, writing, like writing even for public speaking, because a lot of times people don't connect like writing and public speaking or writing and PowerPoint presentations together. Mm. But if you don't know how to write, then you can't say what you haven't written yet. So even writing to give like speeches, writing to give presentations, Mm -hmm. et cetera, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even in this world of social media, right, there are people who are hired as content creators. And sometimes that's with regards to, you know, short form video content, but there's also writing that's marketing material that's been pushed out on social media to convert viewers to customers and clients and making it engaging and creating engaging stories. That's another form of writing. Um, I think of technical writers, that's one that's very prevalent in um, my field is um, a lot of technical products, writing documentations, user guides, um, playbooks for other engineers to be able to troubleshoot network issues. That's another, in fact, we have a whole team of writers um, at my company that um, they're responsible for documentation and converting, like basically what we do into what mm-hmm. someone else can follow and get trained on when they join the company. And that's their specific niche. Um, and I, I also thought of speech writers too. You know, a lot of popular speeches that are delivered are not actually written by the people who are delivering the speeches. Um, there are people behind the scenes that do the writing to think about who is the audience. Oh, let's insert humor here and here. Um, and then the, the person just reads it out and it connects with the audience, but there's a whole, um, sometimes the team of people behind the scenes that are doing that. Um, but I think that also a number of people wear different hats. I know for me, I do academic writing. I also journal. Um, I also kind of do social media a bit. And I also do technical writing, especially heavily at work. 
Um, so I think it's very possible that one writer can wear different hats depending on depending on the circumstances and the audience that they're trying to um, speak to. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so how important is learning professional writing in various walks of various walks of life? Like I know we did mention that we, you know, there are some people that have like a whole team you know, working on the writing, but at some point, I, I feel like, like, you, you talk about the speech part, like, you, there, there are some speeches that you want to deliver, you know what you want to say, mm -hmm. like, even if you can tell it to some people, like, at the same time, in my mind, like, you have to kind of understand what is even being written for mm -hmm. you to be able to deliver that mm -hmm. speech properly, because you see some people, like, stuttering or like pausing and stuff like that mm -hmm. so how important is learning about you know, professional writing like, to to different people mm -hmm. yeah sure i'm all for delegating tasks if possible like, True like if you if not necessarily that oh you don't need to learn how to do it if you can pay people to do it for you mm -hmm. but like i feel that like some basic understanding is needed if, if, yes. if for nothing to know whether the people that you've hired are doing a good job. A good because job. if you don't know what professional writing should look like, mm -hmm. anyone can pass anything off to you and be like, right. yes, this is professional writing, you know, now pay me my, my, my check. Mm -hmm. So at least having some basic understanding. One is so you can recognize when you see good work. Mm -hmm. But then also because it saves a lot of time because I'm as, particularly in my work as a writing consultant, I see students who like come back repeatedly and they're like, you know, I learned this style three years ago and now I've kind of forgotten and now I have to relearn all over mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, I know we said this three months ago, but I never used it again. So like, I'm trying to remember, you know, how to start afresh. Mm -hmm. So I feel like obviously some things get forgotten. Like, you know, if you don't, if you don't use it, you lose it, mm -hmm. which is understandable. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure right now, if someone wanted me to write something in MLA, I haven't used MLA since like maybe my first <laughs> semester in college. Yeah. So I would definitely need to brush up on that again, mm -hmm. but at least having some basic understanding of, you know, sentence structure, you know, here's my intro, here's my body, here's my conclusion, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of knowledge transfers over and doesn't necessarily need as much brushing up on as like, Right. Oh, you know, are we in APA six or are we in APA seven? seven that yeah. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is your own point of view like with, you know, how important <laughs> learning is, uh, learning professional writing is, you know? Yeah. I think it's very important. Um, it comes into play in different scenarios, at least in my experience, you know, I think that even something like responding to emails just on a day-to-day -day basis that requires being able to um, understand, am I being coherent? Is my, is my language too verbose? Do I need to trim that a little bit and speak to my um, audience? I think that in the day-to-day -day tasks, even outside of, you know, bigger things, like I'm trying to draft this paper, I'm trying to submit this research paper, just language and everyday communication, professional writing um, plays a big role in making that smoother and like more understandable for the audience. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, and to touch on that, um, I just realized that another form, sometimes we focus on writing as generating words, mm -hmm. but sometimes another skill of writing is knowing how to be concise. Because I know a lot of people, like, they're great writers if there is no word limit or if, like, you know, it's like, oh, you can write as much as you want. But they struggle with, like, you know, if they're given, pitch this to me, a 100 words, no more, no less. Or, like, you know, 
writing an abstract or, you know, for social media content creation, you know, when you're limited in the amount of characters. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's another aspect of professional writing as well. Knowing how to condense, mm-hmm. put, uh, put your thought into those, that small, you know, like even with many things that we do, that's where that social media thing that you said, like oh, yeah. even, even with this podcast, like your description, like, okay, so these are all the things I'm heard about mm-hmm. this episode, but how can I like make, pass my message across without having to say too much or talk too much? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, you wanted to add something? Yeah, I was saying like, like being concise, like in the case of the podcast is you want to give enough information, but you also want to draw the audience in so that they want to mm-hmm. hear more. Yeah, that's the way social media content works. And mm-hmm. I think like in everyday writing too, it's figuring out where am I using fillers? A lot of people are writing and they're using just like the word just a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, where that really just takes away from like the strength of the sentence right so being able to recognize some of those things and also extraneous material some material is good that you know but it's not relevant for the audience to know like it really can be trimmed out um I've done that for folks like every time I get an essay I'm asking them right away like what's the word count on this um, what's the word limit, especially for application essays? And I've had students tell me to trim that because they had gone like 200 words over the limit, you know? So it's really a skill that's important to have, knowing what is important. And like, you can say the same thing using less words and knowing how to do that, I think is a very valuable skill to have. Okay. So, yeah, um, I think I'm going to push this particular question and put it like, behind um but let me add to that like so you mentioned something about you know knowing what's important um and with that like it also ties down to for example like like you said we we have the delegation we have people breaking down you know this is that you're very good with this so do those edits and all those stuff i'm just gonna you know maybe really out put it out there, say mm-hmm. whatever. Now, I'm even, with, to be honest, like I'm moving my speech because same thing that we tell students too, like it, when I tell students when they come for consultation, I'm like, you you have all these components, which is kind of like the next question. We mm-hmm. have audience and all this stuff. But like when you're thinking about what you want to write, imagine you're writing as you're speaking. Mm-hmm. So like it also helps with punctuations and stuff. Like oh, yeah. as, as you, when you speak and you pause, think about it. When someone is reading what you're writing, maybe as I pause here when I speak or say it in my head, then I should be pausing in this mm-hmm. paper. paper. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So um also knowing what is important and breaking down stuff, um, knowing what to hit to target the audience um it's actually yeah yeah that's like no, having your points technically like okay. placed properly mm-hmm. so that at least you know and i think like it's something that pretty much almost everyone should know because if you have your own work and your own craft you know what you're doing you have certain audience you know what you you're trying to hit you yeah. know so even if you have people that um are working for you like only like you said it's like having that knowledge is important so mm-hmm. technically what i'm trying to say here is that, like we're not saying that like you guys should oh know everything about professional writers i mean we have people who that's, that's their job. job so like you don't want to take up everything mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time like you said like so you're able to identify what's good and identify that your um thought process and what you're trying to put out there is is transcribed into the writing like mm-hmm. properly like 
oh, this is what I want, and you've put that in writing for me, so mm-hmm. that as I'm giving it out there, even in paper format, or I have to say as a speech, mm-hmm. um, everything is properly. Yeah, so like that's that's that for that question about. That's just my own, you know, little addition to what the two of you said oh, about yeah. learning um, a little bit about professional writing, just basics. So the next question is, what are some components, you know, necessary for a quality uh, write-up, like quality, quality writing, mm-hmm. any, anything you're doing, um, e.g., like we said, essays um, for students. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're still listening to this, you know, little things that you have to know, because to be honest, um we that we've had session with students you do know that we we kind of need you to know one or two things before you come there you oh, can't yeah. just come there and be like oh i need you to help me with this i have no idea what i mean you can brainstorm that's mm-hmm. that but like i mean when i ask you do you know what punctuation is do you know who your audience is mm-hmm. do you know what your purpose is the, big, just like the, big, the big question oh i don't know what's my what is purpose in writing just kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know so um so for essays we have college students who've come up like that and they have no idea mm-hmm. with like no idea like basic things and they kind of should because you're kind of helping me as i'm trying to help yep. you um so for essays cover letters scholarship essays um for you know in the workforce uh for whatever you're doing um rfs said something about dissertations with people who have mm-hmm. to write that stuff like that so um what are some components that it's necessary for people um who write because okay. we all write mm-hmm. so what are some important components that do you think they need to know um with writing sure writing 101 <laughs> mm-hmm. so i guess they're the big i what i like to call the big ideas you know who am i as the author who is the audience you know what background knowledge does my audience have mm-hmm. do i need to go more in depth when i'm giving my explanation or should i already assume that you know for example how you would define let's pick a random topic like what is oxygen the way you would define it to like a third grader is completely different to the way you define it to someone who has a PhD in like organic chemistry. Mm-hmm. So knowing who is my audience, what background knowledge do they have, let me know what to add and what to cut out. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's also like the mechanics of writing, you know, what is the difference between a colon and a semicolon, you know, where should I put a hyphen? Is this word one word? Is this word, you know, two words? just knowing things like that. And I feel like vocabulary plays a big part in that because sometimes you you have an idea of what you're saying, but like just changing one word can completely change what the sentence is trying to say. You know, for example, um, I see that a lot of people tend to mix up effect and effect, like mm-hmm. the one that starts with an A and the one that starts with an E. Mm-hmm. And like, you know what they're trying to say because it's like a very common mistake, mm-hmm. but it's like little things like that, knowing punctuation, knowing, you know, how to like parts of speech, you know, mm-hmm. what is a simile, what is a metaphor, those kind of things, like the raw mechanics of writing, you know, subject verb agreement, you know, if I have plural, the, it has to be plural. If it's singular, it has to be singular, yeah. those kind of things. So you can know like the basics of writing, but when you combine the knowledge of like, the grammar basics mm. with like the big ideas, you know, what what angle am I coming from? Am I trying to convince people using logic? Am I trying to convince people using emotion? Or am I trying to convince people based on my credibility that I am I am like a subject matter expert on this material? So yeah. I'm writing from my perspective. Mm-hmm. So like keeping all those things in mind is definitely essential for any piece of writing that you're trying to do, no matter how like long or short or whether it's academic or not what's your your yeah what's your 
addition to that? Uh, one other thing that comes to mind is knowing how to research good sources. Mm. Um, a lot of students, Wikipedia is kind of like, you know, a quick grab, low hanging fruit. But <laughs> I saw your post on that, and then you put like <laughs> it was something I don't know how it is not a TikTok trend or something like that. And then I saw the Wikipedia part that one took me off. I'm like, yes, <laughs> this does not count, yeah, this is not a peer review uh, at all. So, I think knowing how to research credible sources, and again, a credible source would be it would vary depending on the kind of paper, right. Um, if I am writing a news article about someone, right, a credible source would be someone who knows them personally of the person I'm writing about, right, assuming they're not lying to me, but that would be <laughs> a credible source, right, when people um, write about the, the Queen of England, they talk, or Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, they say things like, someone who lives you know, with them or someone who's a part of the inner circle said, blah, 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 that's them showing this news is credible because it's coming from someone who knows them directly. But if it's an academic paper about a topic, a credible source would be, you know, looking for academic articles, journal articles related to that specific field. That's a credible source for that type of writing. So I think knowing how to research credible sources is very important. And also the quality of sources often the terms the quality of arguments that you're going to present in the paper right if i've if i've read source if i've read um sources that have good information and i'm trying to present an opposing argument then i have a stronger opposing argument as opposed to if i picked up the first thing that i saw right if the article or journal article i'm reading did very thorough research I have more data for my writing so mm -hmm. knowing how to filter through look at sources identify what kind of work did they do is this good quality writing um, that's going to strengthen the point I'm trying to make I think that's a very um, important skill to have when trying to write a paper put things together yeah yeah those are those are very good points um also I wanted to See if you guys could add. Um, I know you 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 mentioned audience and the other stuff, mm -hmm. but I feel like the the a little bit more. Um, why not we we talk about plagiarism? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because even with posts on social media, yep. Hello, <laughs> hello. Please, whoever that wrote this simple reference. Mm -hmm. from at so so and so is very important mm -hmm. not everybody that knows that because now it's, it, it's then and now understood like when you say oh, you have to cite cite this cite the little things like don't steal somebody's work mm -hmm. it's like even with normal posts it's not i get it because i see some people like they'll come and lament so i'll be like ah you know you have the bigger audience you mm -hmm. have this but i i literally sat down and analyzed the situation mm -hmm. and typed up this amazing write-up mm -hmm. that collect the whole information for the people that are reading it on these social media platforms mm -hmm. and you just push and just like copy and copy paste. and paste that on your stuff and you have that bigger thing so you look mm -hmm. like oh you're the one who says this mm -hmm. oh this person like explained this so well and mm -hmm. travels and like oh the person who actually wrote this no atom no of credit. like credits yeah. best fact yeah. reference you know mm -hmm. so like yeah i feel like social media is very tricky there are probably some laws 
like against it that protect intellectual property. Mm -hmm. But I feel like unless it's something that, you know, is trademarked or like is, you know, mm -hmm. um, like patented, there's not really much. I, I mean, it's common courtesy to say, you know, this was originally but tweeted by this if person. If you did know the person, yeah. Because it's like, let's say it's like it's been washed down. I don't mm -hmm. even know who it is. Mm -hmm. Like, and I just copy and paste to my like, share it all, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. But even then, like, there's always there's always so much that can be done. Like, I understand where you're coming from from the creator's perspective because no one likes to put in their hard work and see it get stolen. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, yeah. like there's not really a lot of protection for like social media um, posts unless like it's one thing if maybe you you passed off an idea and tried to claim it as your own and you know started a whole brand from it and then it's like actually this wasn't my idea but most times i think there's also the problem of like people get inspired from different sources mm -hmm. so sometimes people will post things and in their they think it's an original thought from them but, yeah. but they've actually seen it somewhere mm -hmm. else or like they read it somewhere else and you know in their mind it came to them was a spontaneous idea and they're like oh my god this would be such a great quote let me post this and then someone else is like hey i saw something very similar on like this person's page did right. you get it from there is it your word so when it comes to social media it's very tricky since like it's it's there's there's so many user accounts posting things every day that it's very mm -hmm. hard to track something down but like you said, it is common courtesy. If you saw it from somewhere, it's very easy to add, you know, repost it from this person or, you know, said by this person. Yeah, what, the reason why I brought that up um, is because I wanted to, like, see how, like you said, bring that social media part into it. Because some people who, for example, like, this is what they do, like, mm -hmm. you know, with, like, your, you Content know, creators. normal, yeah, normal mm -hmm. rights and whatnot. And you are trans putting all this thing into like you know social media and you know probably be expecting the same thing but mm -hmm. when you do see some people like pretty much they wrote the whole thing and they kind of complain because maybe i was like maybe you didn't know that this thing was going to like be Blow shared like this, you man. know <laughs> but like come really complain and be like oh um you know you didn't even you know you know like i was the one who put this and you didn't even say mm -hmm. you know like written you said by this they're mm -hmm. like written by this person but like maybe like what advice do you even have for mm -hmm. Um, the people who pretty much feel offended that yeah. <laughs> you know that you I wrote something and got us to get to it for yourself and I was like I think that the part like maybe that affects them is well everybody is hailing you mm -hmm. but you know that it was, it was not you and like oh your knowledge you know you're very smart and you're like oh thank you thank you mm -hmm. so that kind of thing like <laughs> what do you have to add for the to um, this I think that there will always be bad actors mm -hmm. um but I think that as content creators or writers, you know, we can do our best protect ourselves. For example, a lot of things that are shared on social media would often have, um, what is it? I've seen people, and I do this too when I post carousels on Instagram, I make sure that my Instagram handle is there. And I try to put the Instagram handle in a very noticeable place where if someone wants to cut that out they're going to be cutting out part of the useful information and i've seen a lot of people do that and so if you want to reshare that content you're sharing my handle and you're just going to have to take the work to edit recreate the canva template if you really want to steal that badly that's something that i do personally especially when i post carousels um for reels videos you know, I think that these platforms have made it possible for people to share easily and give credit. 
like in Instagram allows you to share to stories, it allows you to tag the person. And even when reposting on a page, one can tag. And so I think that as a creator, if you see your work that's not being like you're not getting the right credit for the work, I would recommend reaching out to the person and saying, like, hey, like I don't know if you know, you know, assume good intent. Like, hey, I'm not sure if you're aware, but I actually shared this. Is it possible that you give credit? And I've seen that happen. Um, there was a, there's this viral group now that's going on social media. These little kids in Uganda that dance, um, ghetto kids on Instagram. And they've like just blown up so much in the past like few months. And I now see them everywhere. Started following them. There was one of the videos that just really blew up. And people were commenting I think it was the shade room that had reshared it and people were commenting like you're not given the right credit you didn't like mention you only talked about the music is Nigeria these kids are not Nigerians these kids are Ugandans give them the right credit and blah blah and like people kept posting that and posting and I think like um the shade room whoever had posted that from their you know account went and edited the post and said like these kids are from Uganda or whatever and then they made a comment and said we added this after this was brought to our notice that we were not we were not given the right credit so i think if people have good intent and that information is brought to their awareness they will apologize they will make it right if someone doesn't have good intent i want to believe that those people are few and far between i know those people exist but mm -hmm. there's always the option to report accounts right and i don't know if like but people report posts right um but the one I've really seen is impersonation. Impersonation is something that's becoming more prevalent. I've had that happen to me where someone created an Instagram account claiming to be me and following my friends. And then they had an OnlyFans page. And my friends were like, are you fat? Mm. When do you have an OnlyFans? <laughs> when do you like, start doing OnlyFans? <laughs> they're like, girl, do you, what's going on? And I, was like, I was like, what do you think is going on? Report the page. Mm -hmm. um and I think like by the time I went to check because my friends had brought it to my attention and claiming like oh like writer editor like exactly my account copied the um description my picture everything and then put an OnlyFans link I'm like interesting and by the time I went to go check the account it had been deleted like it had been deleted. So that's something that people do. And I know as people grow, more and more of those things happen. People would create their account. People would um, pretend to be them. Sometimes people would repost their content and just keep reposting their content, pretending to be them and not even expressing that like this content was gotten from someone else and giving the right credit. So I think when that kind of impersonation is happening, then it's so important to one, bring it to notice by by letting your actual like audience followers and Instagram know like this account is not me you need to report the page don't listen to anything that they say like bring that awareness um and then I would say if it's something like a post where credit was not given then I would recommend reaching out to the person and assuming good intent and then that would normally determine the next course of action yeah um I like Philip, you know, mention all those parts about like impersonation and oh, stuff, yeah. which yeah, some people might try to do that with um, you know, someone's posts. But yeah, um, for those who pretty much complain about, you know, I oh, stole my old write up, you know, and I feel like people work 
like it bothers the the originals more look i was talking about the show <laughs> but anyway it bothers them more like if they it's something that is like about a very very important topic mm-hmm. war topic or about about a particular nation and mm-hmm. they you know, you you took time to break down and analyze. Oh, yeah. Um, but and they like oh the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like with that, like you said, only it can be tricky. You know, and we talk about courtesy and stuff. But to be honest, you at the end, like like Orefe said, if you want to edit, mm-hmm. if you don't want to steal it, just like pretty much take out some things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the part of paraphrasing comes because really you can't maybe be saying oh cited by this this that mm-hmm. two thousand amp. <laughs> You're trying to use Chicago and yeah. APA and MLA on just a normal social media post on the tweet. Social media makes that easy. You just need to put the ad, like that's it. Just mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Yep, if you that's tag. that's the thing. I think like yeah. but you don't need those, to know how to cite, just tag. Just tag. Like yeah, I think just those complaints, just like you know it's me. That's the thing. Like you know I was the one who did this mm-hmm. and you just took it. You should have just it's not as if you had five posts away. Yeah. You know, it's right. you should have just said at. Yeah. And I think the, the more problem is like maybe they've seen that with people who have big following, like yeah. these people are like maybe like you're an influencer, whatever. And, and, you, just, and love, you just take the whole like, thing and it looks like it's yeah. So they, they do feel bad. Yeah. But, yeah, but I feel like at the same time, like like we said, you, you can't be doing like actual like APA formatting of referencing or whatnot mm-hmm. if you're gonna quote just prof- I think like for social media. Like you said, you might see something you think is your own idea, but mm-hmm. you know, you're in Somewhere some other else. places. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you put yeah. things in your own word paraphrasing. That should be fine because, I mean, mm-hmm. how the hell do you want to start looking for sources. where you got the sources and start mm-hmm. citing on just a normal social media post? So you can, you can actually water down the words yeah. and whatnot and it should be fine. But, you know, you got the knowledge from somewhere except somebody, like, identifies it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole thing, like, no edit, nothing, just... Word for word, word bar for, for bar. Word. Yeah, that's why it's like touch base on that. What do you guys think about that? Um, and the people that have it's been like they bother some topic for them that oh, you know, took my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's another part of this whole writing thing that we have to just know about. Um, it, it goes into even social media spaces, so yeah. Um, okay, I think we'll talk about like some things that I want to share with people about basic writing now i want to ask this <clears throat> how can one best utilize vocabularies when expressing like writing <clears throat> hmm. <clears throat> i feel like <clears throat> this this might sound very cliche <clears throat> but to be a good writer you have to be a good reader <clears throat> and like i think people understand this intuitively that like any field that you want to master or become better at you have to go study you know the quote-unquote masters like if you want to learn how to cook, you have to go see what a chef is doing. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn how to, you know, if you want to work out, you go get a personal trainer. But for writing, I think sometimes people think of writing as like separate from reading when the two are like two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah. So the same way we learn how to speak, like no one sat down. I mean, in theory, they did, you know, when went to school and they're like, here's how you write the letter A, here's how, you know, two letter words, three letter words. Mm-hmm. But most of the speaking that we learn as children is from what we heard around us, our caretakers, our family members. The same thing goes for writing. Like you can't increase your vocabulary if you're not exposing yourself to vocabulary. Right. So if you hang out with the same people, you know, you go to the same places, you're going to keep using the same words that you've always been mm-hmm. using because that's all you hear. So if you're trying to expand your vocabulary, the easiest way to do that is read, 
it doesn't have to be like a specific genre mm -hmm. or oh i can only expand my vocabulary if i read like you know yeah. academic journals mm -hmm. but you know the easiest way to learn how to write is to see how others have done it before you yeah, because exactly. they they learned it from the people who mm -hmm. came before them mm -hmm. as well so i feel like you know exposing yourself it doesn't have to be anything too deep you don't have to go you know buy the entirety of barnes and noble <laughs> But, you know, yeah. just just like, you know, reading an article every other day or like picking up a book or, you know, even just reading like, for example, if you're into marketing, like reading, you know, copies of of of, of advertisements, like what what are people saying in billboards? What do I see when I go to the grocery store? You know, when I'm driving down the well, maybe not on the highway because we want you to focus on the road, <laughs> but like looking at the field that you're in the writing you're trying to do look up you know how does someone do this like what is a sample paper what is an example because even tweets we all had to see a tweet before we knew how to do one ourselves yeah, and we all had to like see a paper before we knew how to write one ourselves mm -hmm. so it's the same principle yeah, yeah. um like i'll even give like an experience for me you know, sometimes like even there's some words that you feel, I don't know how to, I feel if I structure this sentence this way, it looks like this other way sounds good. But mm -hmm. what I'm saying is wrong. It might not be wrong, but your head is stuck. You're just like, it you know what? wrong because you don't say it all the Forget time. Forget this thing. Mm -hmm. I'm just going <laughs> to scrap, scrap it. Mm -hmm. Like, but um, experience-wise, like that thing you said, it doesn't matter the genre. If you're trying to learn some kind of like words, mm -hmm. you know, to use. Um, Like when I was in, I think that was when I was, high school like years ago um i don't want to say it like years ago it's not that years ago so it doesn't sound so i'm old <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's it was two years, years ago, ago. <laughs> but yeah um i know there's a time where i was just like on what part just reading, mm -hmm. reading like i don't even care about the genre it's romance whatever mm -hmm. but i do know that there's some words that i came across and i was like and for me, for me, if if, if this word is sticking, like it's in my like, face and in my mean? head, I have to Google, I'll pause the reading and I have to check what it yeah, is. What does this mean? So when I checked what it, like, and the person, the writer, um, the author kept on using it. So it's like, mm -hmm. what does this word mean? Mm -hmm. And I saw it and I was like, oh, it's, just, it's a boy. Like, it's pretty much like a, a, another British way to say a boy. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, good. And I saw the one for the girl too. I was like, okay, I've added cool. something to, mm -hmm. you know, my list of, you know, vocabularies to learn, word to use. So if I want to say this, if I want to say this, I can just switch it up. To oh yeah. Uh, somebody else doesn't know what it is. I was, okay, this is what it means. Oh, so yeah. that thing about like you know reading stuff. So there's even something new on. Um, uh, I use my laptop. Use like Microsoft Bing or something like that. I think that's what it like mm -hmm. to search. It's not Google. I use the one that comes to my laptop. Laptop. Okay. And um, when you search a word, um. And you're done searching that word. Mm -hmm. I think if you scroll down a little bit, you see where it's it's a take a quiz. Okay. Five questions. Synonyms. Antonyms. Antonyms, yep. Verb. Which one is mm -hmm. verb? Which one is it? And you know, to replace this word. particular word oh, that you actually yeah. search from. I was like, this is nice. This is so another way. Your friend. Like yeah. sometimes that's students, another way too. But then on the flip side though. Sometimes students use that as a way to kind of like dodge around plagiarism. And it's sometimes mm. it's very obvious. Like, for example, let's say the author used something like, um, let's say, like a very <laughs> simple word. But yeah. then all of a sudden you're seeing something like the author prevaricated. And I'm like, hmm. That part is another part of this whole writing thing that we are like, because I'm like, hey, it doesn't no one, work. No one says that. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, I'm like, sometimes when I see them, I'm like, ah. I don't think this works with the sentence mm -hmm. you're trying to use because there are some words that even if they're, they're like yeah, similar so meaning you're just, just like it doesn't this, work this with your sentence <laughs> so sometimes that can be a problem too if you overuse a thesaurus if you overuse right. you know synonyms 
just because something is a synonym doesn't always mean it will fit in the context yeah, so that you're writing. Yeah, that's that's actually another whole angle to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what what do you or what do you have to add about like how can you best utilize vocabulary when you're kind of like writing and wherever because to be honest, let me I'm sorry, I've seen some posts again social media again where mm-hmm. it's like ah! I'm so, <laughs> like you know that's how you read like you said reading and writing is even, even us that are here we're still learning i know there's some still some things that i'm learning like mm-hmm. i know there's some people that for example on twitter i know there's some people that are actually like professional writers for like um let's say for industries like okay. entertainment industries and i, I like one or two things I, mm-hmm. like when i read your article that you mm-hmm. said about something so i'm still learning but yo there's some just simple things just you want to say something but there's sometimes like okay i'm finding it difficult to understand it mm-hmm. but at the same time this is also where I feel like it's it's also it it's it's a necessity for us to have the opportunity to learn how to read oh, and yeah. how to write. And to be honest, like sometimes if I do know that like ah oh, this person has not been you know maybe that exposed to just normal mm-hmm. basics, mm-hmm. I respect the fact that you're even trying to trying put a whole yeah. sentence together, mm-hmm. you know, like put a whole write up together. Oh, yeah. You understand? But to yeah, somewhere yeah. like maybe say you've been exposed. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice for us to consciously try to learn. Learning is important. Sure. But anyway, and the higher you <laughs> go, the higher the stakes. Yeah, there's some mistakes you can make when you're a, when you're a college student writing the paper that you cannot make if you're drafting like a, an amendment to the constitution. Hey. So <laughs> that one, if it's with me, I still want to learn. But girl, like, what do you have to add about that? Jerry? Sorry that we we've run run through the whole thing. Um, yeah. I think that, like you said, people write like they speak, right? And a lot of social media posts that have grammatical errors are because that's how people speak I think especially in the U.S. and I wouldn't know about a lot of other countries but bad grammar is the order of the day like the way people speak they say like they was I is it's like that's not grammatically correct but it's acceptable and people say your versus you are like your and your and use that interchangeably no one's correcting it. It's acceptable. People typically are like, oh, yeah, I know what they meant. And I think that's becoming a norm. And so less and less people are paying attention to those things um, in general. And I don't know what that what that um, solution is, because I was tell even at work, right, and working for a company that has people from all over the world. English is not the first language for everyone because mm-hmm. we have employees in China, France, like all over. Um, there is bad grammar and communication. And mm-hmm. it's actually like, you know, like I was reading some reviews recently and I'm like, I know this is not this person's first language. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. So I think like there is that existing in those settings. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a part of it is, you know, the U.S. being such a melting pot and people coming from different countries. And there's a part of that where they might not be as aware about grammar, but there's also a part where maybe they even did like an online translation and that messed up the tenses, but they don't know because that's not their first language. Yeah. Right. But I think for people who are here in among friends, people in my circle grew up here, lived here, went to school here bad grammar is just becoming acceptable and I don't know why that is I I want to like correct people sometimes and tell them that's not how you conjugate but you know 
it is becoming the order of the day. And I, I don't think that's right. I think for that reason, it's like what is fed to us becomes what we start to repeat. And so if I'm hanging with my friends and they keep saying like, you know, using the wrong words or saying like they is, and I'm using they is as an example, or I didn't know, like I seen you that day, like, you know, you didn't see the nobody, you saw the person, you know, that is something I've heard repeatedly. Oh, I seen you, I seen this. Honey, no, that's not right. <laughs> but when you hear that, you start to say it. Mm-hmm. It might even forget that it's wrong. And so I think that people really just need to pay closer attention and read more. But it goes back to the foundations. Maybe we should have like a whole like back to the basics of English and grammar because I think that when you've heard something so long or been taught that you don't even know what the right thing is and I'm seeing that more and more like in the U.S. Hmm. Yeah to go off to go off that like I did I actually did some research um when I was an undergrad on like accents and why certain manners of speaking are accepted as like the standardized version. Now I like the point that you brought up or where you said that you know the U.S. is a melting pot not everyone speaks English as the first language so there are some things that are acceptable that are even like almost even like in from an anthropology perspective are documented as like a language for example um ebonics mm-hmm. like it has its own set of rules and like grammar but there is like you said there is that there's always a standardized like textbook version of any language not just English but like any language in the world, even like if we go to languages in like Nigeria, Igbo, there's still the central Igbo versus like Anambra Igbo versus Imo Igbo. Yeah. So like like you said, knowing what is the what is the standard for like standardized writing, standardized speaking, you know, and what you brought up about people sometimes is that people see something a lot and they assume that's correct because they see it everywhere. Like I've noticed very, it's a very recent thing, like in the last five years of people using the apostrophe S to indicate plural. Mm. Like they'll say boys, they need more than one boy, but it'll be B-O-Y apostrophe apostrophe S. S. And it it, it became like, ever since like social media became a thing, like I see it Mm. everywhere. And I, Mm. or um, another common one I see is um, the word should have like, the conjugation, sorry, not a conjugation, the contraction mm-hmm. should have. Some people have never seen should have spelled out. So they think it's should of, S-H-O-U-L-D-O-F. Oh. So I see that a lot. I should yeah, have done that. that. Uh, so it's how they speak. It's how they hear it, exactly. Yeah. They hear should of. So they're like, oh, should've. that's what it is. But it's actually that, should have. That's an accent thing now. Mm-hmm. That's what the accent tweak comes in Mm -hmm. so (laughs) for me like yeah the reason why i put this up and you guys really touched the places that i wanted you guys to touch Mm -hmm. so thank you for that (laughs) but the reason why i brought this up was because of like like you said when they type it when they write it Mm -hmm. you're writing what you're hearing what you're saying and it's kind of affecting the whole because i know i've had like some students come in and technically like yeah they'll say oh yeah i i, I think it's right mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. so you're writing even as much as like as i said that oh in the beginning i said write like as if you're speaking mm-hmm. uh, i wasn't really t- yeah i wasn't really talking about like the words itself mm-hmm. i'm talking about how you like when you're trying to speak to your audience mm-hmm. the purpose you know the the little things that you need in there um, for example, like as, again, I'll mention the punctuations. I feel like oh, yeah. it's important. That's why I say when you speak, the way you're saying it, 
that's how you write it and break it down. Oh yeah. So that person's reading, they're reading their minds like they're saying it. Mm-hmm. But like with the words, yeah. Like I've seen some people put that down. <laughs> so this is how you say it with your slangs, with your accent, but it's not necessarily the standard way of writing, mm-hmm. especially advanced writing. So yeah, that was right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did we did touch nice points on mm-hmm. that. Thank you girls for sharing sharing this about writing. Hopefully, like people that are listening. You know, you guys learn one or two things. Mm-hmm. Um, even for us too, we're, we're learning from. <laughs> we just yeah, we just we just learned right now. Um, we're still learning. We're still learning. It's not as if we're like. In fact, we don't even know the God language might be different from all the English that we're speaking here. Oh yeah. But, <laughs> but with the human, you know what we've we've learned like in schools mm-hmm. and everything, just like yeah, it's important that you know what you're saying and what you're writing, what you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. um oh yeah i just had a thought yeah um in no way are we saying like repress your individual manner of speaking oh, or no. writing no, it's no. i i feel like standardized writing it's kind of like the way you know if you're going to work in a company where the dress code is everyone must wear a three-piece suit mm-hmm. you might love you know hanging out in your sweatpants you might love like you know dressing in a fur coat in the middle of summer Mm -hmm. but if you know there's a place where there's they have set down this is the standard you might not like it Mm -hmm. but you do have to know what it is so that when you're when you're called upon to perform in that field you're able to do it technically like yeah yeah that's setting now so know how to it's like you want to say when you go to brown it's not not saying that like oh don't like your way is bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like the way you speak is bad or the way you write is is wrong no 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 when they invite you you know to a function and you're supposed to dress business casual whatever please even if you wear sweatpants you know that that's where you're going to Mm -hmm. dress like that so it's, it's the same way with the right and yeah. even if you speak in ways you speak there's no quote-unquote wrong or right way there's yeah. just a the standard yeah. the standardized language, way language is we as we're you know developing globally we have generation by generation mm-hmm. and everything is improving or going things are washing down things are coming up yep so even with language that's how it's changing that's how it's switching with mm-hmm. um Tribal languages with normal language, basic language, standard language, anyone want to call it slangs, <laughs> accents, everything mm-hmm. is is switching, washing down or coming something mm-hmm. new is coming up. So yeah, you can't really like water that down. That's true. But when you know the standard especially writing, you know how to break decipherable. Um, but yeah, are there some know-hows that you feel like just basic know-hows that you guys feel like um you want to let people who you know, especially if you, if you love writing, if you take interest in writing, I feel to ask, oh, I love, for me, like, I love writing inspirational, anything that goes in my head, inspirational quotes, mm-hmm. I write down, like, oh, always yeah. writing stuff. So as little as that, like, but again, grammar-wise, mm-hmm. and how you're structuring it, even if it's coming from your head, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I just some little know-how that you guys want to share with people who just, who love writing and mm-hmm. would love to learn more about it, or who sure. should know little things. Yeah. My number one um, tip is, do not rely too much on software. Because I know that, you know, with technology advancing now, there's spell check, you know, there's um, there, there, there's software that will cite for you. There's software that will, quote unquote, correct your punctuation for you. Mm-hmm. But we always have to remember that there's only so much technology can do because it was built by a human being as well. Yeah. So, you know, not relying too much on technology to the point that without it, you can't like, do like you're completely lost. Yeah. But then on the flip side, my second point is that there's a lot of technology, there's a lot of references, a lot of online sites, a lot of blogs that break, like it's sometimes as simple as typing in, you know, 
how many, how should I know where to put a comma, you know, in my sentence? Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of resources online that you don't need to pay for that's free that you can easily search up while you're in the middle of writing. So definitely take advantage of like online resources as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. All right, what do you got? I think um, with the internet, the world is at our fingertips. There's a lot of information that I had a lot of access to. So I would recommend um, for someone who's, who kind of struggles with grammar to maybe take a course or two there is no shame in needing to go back to the foundations or go mm -hmm. back. Oh, there's no shame in needing to go back to the basics. You know, there's no shame in needing to go brush up on some things because you're not sure. Like we're all learning. There is no, I should have known this by now. So I'm not going to check it because I kind of feel bad that I don't know it. Like, no, we're all learning. So um, I would recommend, you know, if, if, feel like you struggle with grammar sometimes then own that and go learn about it no one's gonna know the amount of work you put behind the scenes but mm -hmm. we're gonna see the work on paper <laughs> when your 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 writing is very strong so mm -hmm. focus on that that will be um my recommendation and then I think for the vocabulary too one thing I want to say is when I come across words that I don't uh, or I'm learning for the first time, it helps me to write it down. Um, so recently, there's this word my manager would use a lot, and I didn't know what it meant. And so I wrote it down, I looked it up, I kind of liked the way he used it, made him seem smart. It felt like he was really smart to me. Mm -hmm. So I wrote it on paper, and I put on a post-it on my monitor, and kind of like learned what it meant. And so I started using the word too, like in everyday conversations, just practicing and my mm -hmm. friends be like oh what does that mean and I'm like uh, let me tell you and then one of my friends has actually started using that word one of the friends who asked me what it meant has started using that word too and every time he says it I'm like uh-huh yeah. <laughs> so that's something that's helped me like writing it down where I can see it practicing and then being intentional about using in everyday conversations and now it's a part of my vocabulary like I say it subconsciously now mm -hmm. yeah. um, so those are my two tips like go take some courses you know there's no shame in that and write the word down and be intentional about using it yeah 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 that's good all right so I think that's that that's that's what I have for you girls today <laughs> I said you girls have any other thing you want to add, um, but that, that's it for me. Uh, but yeah, um, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Um, you know, you, you, you're probably like, you probably even picked up one or two things from us. <laughs> that, oh, you guys said this. I always would say it like that. But <laughs> oh, yeah. well, at the same time, we're all learning. Um, but the, the, the focus is, you know, keep on learning and um, know how to write learn the basic stuff that you need to know about writing um but yeah that's that's that from us hope you guys listened and enjoyed and picked up one or two things from that you could apply that to when you're writing scholarship essays college essays cover letter um what else again mm. 
social media posts. Oh yeah. <laughs> so text, emails. Yeah, even even if it's different from like you know the text and social media posts, all those kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like, they're different from like when you're doing advanced writing, like actual professional writing. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, we touched. We actually touched on professional writing in the beginning, and then we went to you know the watered down version. So mm-hmm. like, still everything is writing. Um, they 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 like Orifa said like as you practice, like she was practicing the word. Mm-hmm. The more you practice, even with your text, oh, yeah. the better you come with the advanced writing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When it's time to now implement, mm-hmm. you know that okay, I, I know, <laughs> I know, I know what exactly. you know what? So the, if you want to speak big grammar in a text, not every time, so I don't mm-hmm. but you know, for practice wise, yeah, because like like you guys said, the more you hear, you start speaking that way or mm-hmm. writing that way. So um practicing would help. Um again, we're also learning, we're also practicing. This is somewhere where we 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 learn from each other. Like, oh, this is you're saying this. I'm saying this. She's saying this. Oh yeah. Um, it's all about self improvement and development. So even as the hosts and also learning. Um, but if you guys have anything you want to share, <laughs> please share with us. But yes, do you have any platform, anything you do that help people with writing? Because that's the last part. That's a closing statement. Check us out. Uh, do you consult? <laughs> you need people to reach out to you to share something so they can reach out um but yeah i mean not for me at the moment because my work is through um my school and i yeah. believe we can only help students who go to our school definitely yeah. so um yeah at, the, at this moment in my life i don't have like my own consulting um business you just see all the tool, yeah right yeah. now makes mm-hmm. sense i mean same likewise but if you have any question that maybe i feel like i can help you definitely if i can't and I know that knowing that I know resources that could help you revise it, I'll definitely refer you. But yeah. All right. Do you have anything? Do you have anything you're doing? Yeah. So I have a, well, I kind of freelance, I guess not kind of. I offer freelancing, um, writing and editing services to mm-hmm. students, applicants. Um, recently helped the professor actually with his application to a different university, which was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, check me out on Instagram. All of that information is on my Instagram bio. Um, I offer my services either by direct contact on Instagram or also on freelancing platforms. I'm on Upwork right now. Um, So yeah, my Instagram handle, Oriafa Edits. Uh, Yeah, I hope to be hearing from some of y'all. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Nice. Cool. 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 Yeah, I'll put I'll put the the handle there. And so any one of the audience wants <laughs> to check it out. Right. But um, thank you guys for joining me on this podcast. I appreciate your presence, your voice, and yeah, that'll be it from us. Uh, I will talk to you guys. I I keep on wanting to tell see you guys. Tell, I'm not. It's not YouTube. <laughs> So I'll talk to you guys later. Um, keep feeling rejuvenated. I'm here to uplift things, um, uplift your mind, your body, your spirits, and I'm um, you know, with, with knowledge and important topics and also vibes. Also vibes, you guys don't forget that part. There's also <laughs> there are also times where I'll drop episodes that is fun and fun and fun. Mm-hmm. So please um help me and um 
spread the word, push my ministry, do the needful, follow, subscribe, whatever platform, listening platform you're listening on. If you can follow, follow. If you can subscribe, do that. If you want to drop a review, rating, whatever it is you want to do, please do. Um, if it's true, Anchor, you can drop a voice message. I always try to put this out there. Um, on Spotify also, we have a section where you can do Kiani. I don't know if I'll have Kiani for this top, um, episode, but anyway, yeah, we have all these ways to kind of let the person who you're listening to know you know how we're doing so far and if you have any suggestions for future topics but that'll be it for me from for today but yeah talk to you guys later See you.